0: Um, yeah
1: uh, hot dog is my favorite <laughs> meat.
0: This
2: is Armstrong and
0: Getty.
2: The lunacy of this this exercise, what do you call it uncomfortable clarity. I'm oh, funny how I mean funny like I'm a clown. I am
0: Amen. Alright, go, go. I'm ready. He
2: is Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. One of our beloved listeners uh, dropped us a, a mailbag, mail, and it's a mailbag, uh, dropped us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, in which they express that, um you know, one grain of hope from all this is that uh, people will understand how insidious and crappy the 24-hour news cycle is and and start to reject it. And listen, this ain't bragging, I don't know, maybe I'm just easily led or follow easily or something, but... Generally speaking, if, if the two of us are getting really sick of something and starting to understand that oh, this is toxic, I thought it was fun, but it's not anymore. A lot of other people are feeling that way, too. And if people gain perspective that constantly bathing themselves in the worst misery, child stabbed to death in rural Montana, gang rape in, you know, northern Virginia and everybody has to take on all that stuff all the time uh, you know i think people are finally realizing that that's just a terribly unhealthy way to live um anyway on a completely different topic uh over in japan they're they're making human animal hybrids and uh doing it with the approval of the government and here's the difference here is the difference they're going to allow them to come to term they're going to let the human animal baby be born and it's, um, well, it's chilling stuff and we're all at risk. Uh, they're trying to grow, uh, well, they're trying to grow pancreases in l- l- mice and rats. If you've ever wanted a tiny pancreas, Japan's going to have one for you. Well, what's the concern with this though? Where, where does it go off the rails? Well, some, t- one of the concerns is that the human cells might not restrict themselves to the pancreas and that there will be human DNA that somehow reaches the brain through processes which I do not understand. I was more a words guy than a science guy. It's so like Jurassic Park.
3: Nature finds a way. Mm, you, can't,
1: you can't control it. So right, you end up with like talking mice that are on Facebook or what? Uh Probably so and
2: demanding the vote. Uh, Listen, we have to recognize there are 10 to 12, 000, a million mice in this country. We need to give them the vote. Human mice.
1: Well, I appreciate though that Japan as a normal country is doing this, uh, with everybody's knowledge as opposed to China and North Korea and Russia, which I'm sure are far along in doing this and keeping it underground. Yeah. And don't care what the,
2: uh, what the ethics of the world community are. I think it's pretty safe to say if Japan is doing something openly. Your horrendous regimes are probably years ahead of them and doing it secretly.
1: Particularly China with, right. you know, they're one of the biggest economies in the world. They got lots of money to spend. And they don't give a
2: damn about the sanctity of human life or anything ridiculous like that. No, Communists no. generally don't.
1: No, that, 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 that's the difference between Japan and the United States and all European countries and China. If they had to have a hundred people die to try to produce some sort of technological breakthrough, a hundred, a 1, thousand, they wouldn't care at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah, now we talked about this a little in our award-winning podcast. One more thing, which you can get—it's like an extra segment of the show, only for podcast listeners, and it's available wherever and podcasts it pays are given away handsomely. <laughs> Glad somebody's making money off that. <laughs> anyway, uh we talked about this, and and I pitched my idea for a great horror movie, and I'm I ought to get to work writing the script. Um, and it would have to do with pigs because. Talking mice, who cares? But so they worked with pigs because pigs are genetically, I guess, fairly similar to humans, and as I understand it, we don't reject stuff grown in pigs as readily. You know the organ rejection thing when you get a transplant? Um and so it's delicious or what? Well, maybe that's part of it. You know, your your body's thinking, you know, that new pancreas of mine, it's clearly not human, but it is delicious. Uh, so anyway, human animal hybrids, it's terrifying. There's a history of stories going back, you know, your island, the Dr. Moreau, your the fly. Any other good ones I'm, I'm forgetting. Well, oh my God, the, the wolf man, the werewolf, right? Huh. It's a kind of a human animal hybrid thing. Um, in in my movie, the the pigs, you know some uh, and, and uh, positive Sean, you can tell me what trope to use in the movie, but if nature finds a way, the human DNA gets into the pig brain. And the pigs are exhibiting more and more human, uh, you know, d- d- behaviors. And the scientists become more troubled. And the, But the meat industry demands they shut up. And, and, and there are high-level meetings and marches in the streets. And, and finally, they decide they have to slaughter the humanimal. That's the new term, humanimal. The human pig. And they go to the pig's pen thinking, well, we'll get a couple of hams out of it if nothing else. And the pig looks at the person with the with the hatchet and says, "How, how would a pig's voice sound? Do you think it'd be squealy or more grunty?" Killing grunty. You're slaughtering pigs with a hatchet in this scenario. Well, that's the old timey way, isn't <laughs> what it? Year is this? Okay. Barbaric. Oh, all right. I don't know what are they you throw a grenade. It's at for
3: them? the visual effect of the movie. Said so, Jack, "Get out of the way. Let let let's let's the creative brainstorm."
2: <laughs> yeah, really. Don't don't trample on my genius. Uh, so they go up to him with whatever device they use to dispatch pigs these days, although it's not like an assembly line because there are only a couple of these okay. uh, human pigs, um, and so they go up to him, maybe they got a shotgun or something and, uh, sorry about this, Jim, he'll say, and the pig will look up, and it's I'm thinking a grunty voice, say don't kill me, and all the yeah, yeah, yeah! everybody in the audience at the movie's going to freak out probably wet their pants and the guy's going to back off with the shotgun. Like, oh, my God. That might even be the last scene of the movie. Sure. How's that for dropping a mic? I want <laughs> to live. <laughs> Squeal.
3: <Yo>! Squeal. Oh.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> want to live. That's what he'd say. And that'd be the T-shirt, too. And- Of course, they'd have to market it with some sort of fake controversy that PETA's coming out in favor of it or against it or something like that.
1: I built my house of straw.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we can get the rights to that. (laughs) Shoot, shoot that pig, he's stupid. You can put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. But I tell you what, when this actually happens, it's going to be trouble and stuff. I mean... There are going to be some decisions to be made. If it's mostly human, with just a little pork, then is it fully human? Well, yeah. Is, is it, it? Mostly human? What if it got a snout like a pig? <laughs> I've what known if it's f- got a corkscrew tail? I've known a few. What then? This is a real ethical dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a pig, but with like vastly higher intelligence than yeah. than a regular pig, and you realize, oh, this is more like... Well, pigs are supposed to be pretty smart, aren't they? Yeah, yeah what about, we what, treat...
3: We treat monkeys the way we treat them. What if it's a pig that could beat the average person at
1: chess? <laughs> it could probably beat me at chess. Pushing around the pieces with its hooves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's possible. See that unlikely.
2: Well, they get <laughs> little, knocked they my, get my little, pawn over. They got... <laughs> I'm sorry, I have hooves.
1: I'm sorry,
2: I have hooves. Wow. I'll say to its keeper.
1: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong
2: and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Yes,
1: The squad being featured on the CBS early show today. I hate that name. Hate that name. It makes me squirm. It's so cutesy. The squabs. That's what I call them. Well, they got it right underneath there. They got uh, in big letters, the squad. So uh, who, who came up with that? I, 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 I think know. it was put on them. And it's not their fault that they're being called
2: the squad. I had no idea until I read this piece by Kim Strassel in the uh, Wall Street Journal about some of the bitter behind-the-scenes fighting. In, I mean, within with, the squad, these these uh, chicks and Nancy Pelosi are getting to hate each other.
0: Well,
1: yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Oh yeah, which I don't have a problem with. The, the, I I don't. It doesn't bother me that new people come in and feel like they don't need to listen to leadership. That that doesn't bother me. I like. Oh, I like, no, that. I like it. I'm I'm pro that uh, they're wrong about everything. Yeah, I but, don't. But I like their spirit. I don't want her to to win the day with her arguments about uh, the
2: Green New Deal or whatever.
1: But I actually saw uh, that not falling in line because the party told you to. And
2: I'm perfectly fine with that. I heard AOC on one of your idiotic uh, morning shows. It might have been CBS this morning, um, talking about that very thing, uh, saying I feel no obligation whatsoever to fall in the line just because that's the way it's been done and. And she talked about how the lobbyists own Washington, D.C., and, and that's who is really in control, which is a, a hell of a shot at Nancy Pelosi. Um, but it's unquestionably true. And it, as a guy who's not a big fan of big government, I thought, you know what? You are right on, darling. You are 100% on. It, it's a shame you're wrong about everything and that your solutions are worse than the status quo. Because you're right about the
1: power. uh, One of the reasons I don't get so upset about uh, Trump or AOC or any of this stuff, this is a, this is a long game. I don't know where it's going to go, but there's a reforming of everything happening. Mm-hmm. And none, none of the characters involved right now are going to have the last say in
2: any of this. Right. This is this going to play out over quite a while. And and even more interesting, you're seeing it all around the world. There's sh- Similar yeah. Uh, yeah. movements and shakeups. Bre- Brexit, Spain,
1: Italy all over the place. Yeah.
3: We already have more than two political parties. We only have two voting lines though, and that's where a lot of this problem comes from, I oh, feel.
1: Yeah. Well, I you know, I I, uh, I mentioned or we played the clip from Rahm Emanuel over the weekend when he said, we're seeing the dissolution of the two parties. that That's going to take time, though. Good. That's going to take time, and they'll reform, or there'll be more parties, or I don't know what's going to come out of it, but yeah. it's going to take time. But there will be right-wing versions, I assume, soon, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, of AOC, who get their own Twitter following. Isn't that the Tea Party?
2: Um, or the House Freedom Caucus, although they weren't nearly as uh, sexy and media savvy. I,
1: I was meaning, yeah, I was meaning who understand Twitter and the power of that and That's everything right. like that. So right. Somebody that emerges who's all about, you know, blasting the Republican Party for not caring about, uh, the debt, for instance. Sure. And ends up with five million followers on Twitter and yeah. becomes a th- a thorn in the side of, uh, of Kevin McCarthy and whoever else. Yeah, I love that idea. And that, Absolutely that, love that it. That is going to happen. And we're going to have a bunch of those. I think. And you'll have more voices um instead of we all have to agree with whoever our leader is.
2: That's got to be good, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love the Like I said, I absolutely love the idea. I think AOC and I could bond on the, the, the idea that. Not everything is permanent. Just because it exists now doesn't mean it has to exist or has always existed or shouldn't be changed. Don't accept what's around you as inevitable. The Republicans and Democrats, you know, the the Republican Party obviously came about in the 1860s. When did the Democrats, they were a little earlier than that. But you got your Whigs and your bull mooses and various parties that... The original uh, wasn't Jefferson's party the Republican Democrats or Democrat Republicans. These things aren't permanent. Just let them change. So AOC and I could definitely bond on that, and then maybe I don't know, enjoy a nice dinner and uh, maybe a little dancing and a glass of wine.
1: And uh, I hope my wife isn't listening. <laughs> well, I wonder um, as far as like somebody on the right coming up who becomes, you know, a-, a voice for part of the Republican Party that feels like it's not getting a voice. Right. Um there's lots of Republicans that are disgusted with the party because they don't seem to care about the debt yeah. and spending. Yeah. Um, but, but the, you'd think somebody to merge, but do you have to be a hot chick? Is that required? It helps a lot. On the on, on Twitter and online,
2: yeah, I think it being, really, really helps a lot. Certainly does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. and there are plenty of really attractive uh, conservative women, yeah, and some yeah. of them have great online presence. but
1: you right? hate to have politics narrowed down to only people who agree with you who are hot enough to get attention.
2: <laughs> yes, that is uh, contributing to the uh, stupidization of America, no doubt. but you know uh, my only uh, problem with your scenario and its likelihood is that the idea that government should give me stuff, money, stuff, other people's stuff because I deserve it and they're bad people. I mean, that's gaining traction day by sure. day by day. No doubt about that. And the that. idea that we should be a responsible and independent people that pay as we go and, and, and uh, you know, we take care of ourselves. And as a country, we're responsible and ethical. We're moral. I mean, that sort of thing is just going out the window. So, uh, you know, I think you got your AOC. If you're going to break a, a breakdown AOC's appeal, 60 percent is she's a hottie, certainly in the beginning. Certainly,
1: that's what launched her in the
2: beginning. Right. Uh, There's a certain chunk of it that's uh, the the whole self-righteous, aggrieved thing that's so popular. If you're aggrieved, you get attention. And and the third thing is, she believes the government is a combination of mommy and Santa Claus, which is a very, very popular notion, especially among youngsters. And, uh, And so, you know, that's her appeal. But she's good at it, and she's getting better at it, which is awful. To me, uh, it's it's frightening, but her skills are increasing. Man, she's she is going right up against Nancy Pelosi, and this chick, she's listen. Whatever you think of her, she won uh, what a like twenty thousand votes or something like that. Yeah, in a borough in in New York, she won in an election where the turnout was what a low thirties percentage or. I, it was absurdly low. It took
1: 15,000 votes or something like that for her to end up
2: what she is. Right. Because in her district, in her district, the Democrat was going to win, period. And she won the primary. That's how she won. And so there's like nobody voting. And, you know, she's a bit of an intellectual lightweight. And, and I, I just, I'm not impressed with her, her ideas. They're terrible. Yet she's assumed this enormous importance in American politics. Um, and the right loves her because they love to bash her.
1: But you know what most Congress people do? They get elected and oh, thank God I got elected. And then they do exactly what the leadership tells them and they slave away on stupid committees that, that don't mean anything to anybody. Right. And wait their turn. And even if they never become anything, they don't care because they're gonna end up rich. They right. all do. Yeah. And that's why they stay and they'll do anything they can. To keep their seat so they can continue to have their cush job and and, and lifetime health care and all the stuff that comes with it that 's what most Congress people do right,
2: and she is definitely not going along to get along. Put your wife and kids on the payroll and right exactly yeah you've got to admire it again it 's a shame she 's wrong about
1: everything, so Trump was actually quoted in the New York Times or well, they are quoting someone close to Donald Trump so. Mm. As Laura Logan once told us, you can read a New York Times article and not find a single fact. So an anonymous person quoted close to Trump is not a fact, really. No. But they said, uh Trump said in a meeting, he said, after this squabble and, you know, the squad being labeled every now and all this or stuff, he said, I have now married the squad to Nancy Pelosi clear through the election. Right. Which was his goal. Right. And he may have. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. I mean, the, the early show, he's turning on the early show. What's weird to me is the media thinks that oh they' they have the squad fires back. Oh my God, they're getting their voice now. Trump's gotta hate this Trump if Trump turning on the TV this morning and seeing the squad on the early show, he's dancing around in his underwear. Oh yeah
2: oh right! thanks for that mental picture.
1: They've elevated four nobodies who
2: have no power right. into the
1: face of the Democratic Party. Well not for only the whole that. country yes
2: not only that, but a couple of them are Muslims. Which is, uh, a government of Muslims is not an image that many Americans find appealing. Now, you might call it bigotry. I happen to have studied at the university level. (laughs) Muslim governments around the world, and they're scary. Almost every single one is scary. So, you know, you can call it what you want, but it works on that level, too. Um, Angry young Muslims, that's what the Democratic Party is. Yeah, I'd say that's a win for Trump. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is Best of Armstrong and Getty. We
1: were doing Mad Libs last night at bedtime. Got, oh. a, got a Mad Libs book. One uh, of the
2: great pleasures in
1: life. My ki- kids are on a kick with it right now. And um, if you have a seven and nine-year-old, if you have seven and nine-year-old boys and you do Mad Libs, Every answer, noun, verb, adjective, whatever it is, is going to be flatulence, <laughs> feet, butt, or poop-related. <laughs> Booger. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's in, the boy. whole thing. And then they laugh till they cry.
2: Oh, boy. And you incorporate them into your story. <laughs> I tell you what, many a highway mile was wild away during Mad Lib, doing Mad Libs uh, in the car in years past. Good times. Good times, um, yeah. And there's some pressure on Dad to come up with. Do you participate, or are you merely the uh, the pivot man, the, we, we the take, scribe? We take turns. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Oh, I got three nouns in a row. That sort of thing. I remember that. So I'm trying to focus uh, through my bitter burning hunger as I'm trying to do the intermittent fasting thing. <laughs> I've gotten my, on that bandwagon. My bitter burning hunger. Huge trend <laughs> chasers. Uh, we got so many. We were talking
1: about this mm. last week. We got so many texts from people who say they've tried everything. Yeah. And then they tried the... You know, uh, whatever you call it, different intermittent people. Intermittent
2: fasting, but it's the only eaten a fairly narrow chunk of the day. Well, the are, ideal, get down to six hours of the day or so. Yeah.
1: There are different names, and I guess it's because you claim in your book. Oh, boy. So you, you put a different name on it, so yeah. you got your own book. And oh, whatever. But I'm, anyway,
2: intermittent fasting is about, periodic eating, is what you need <laughs> to go for
1: exactly yeah. but uh, so what what hour window are you going for right
2: well here? see i'm gonna ease into it because the good advice i get is that you narrow it bit by bit by bit mm-hmm. um and so, so what do you have right now i was just gonna, gonna not eat for one uh, hour why, why don't you just <laughs> let me talk <laughs> I'm
1: gonna cut one hour out
2: why, why all these questions
1: <laughs> i'll eat for
2: 23 hours take one hour off i am now <laughs> roughly an hour and a half past when i normally have a little something to eat before the show and my stomach's digesting itself. But I'm told that, <laughs> that that it doesn't last. You change your patterns. Because and so, you collapse and you go to the emergency room. Right, and exactly. And then the they feed <laughs> you IVs. And so then it doesn't matter.
1: All right, so uh listen. But you won't reveal how many hours you're doing right now? Because we got oh. lots of people with the different hours that they... I couldn't believe how many texts we got last week. Because you know, we, we bring up the latest diet whatever now and then. But never so many people saying, oh, yeah, oh, my God. Right, right. Yeah, oh, well, I'm no, at my this, high school weight for the first time, and I've done them all, you know, that at, sort of thing.
2: At this point, honestly, my idea is, um and I kind of accidentally have made it into an hour and a half, um, it's going to be an hour later that I start eating and an hour earlier that I stop eating, or the difficult part, enjoying delicious, delicious wine in the evening. So... um yeah. And the goal for most people is to get it into a six-hour window. Well,
0: that's that's Man, like that's the ultimate. Small.
2: That's the ultimate. I, ca-
0: I
3: can't imagine that's ever being the able... ultimate. There's well, like that's certain right. tech CEOs who who every other day they they fast to the point of hallucinations and swear <laughs> that no, I'm really getting in tune with like okay, let's calm down. But most medical people that I've seen they recommend the six-hour thing is a Man, good that's,
2: goal. That's a small window to eat. Yes. <sighs> You know, we get up at o dark thirty, so not eating till say one p.m.
1: And I have, and then to. calling
2: it good at seven. Plus, I, I'm not going to
1: eliminate eating with my family at night, so that's got to be included.
2: That's why you make your window uh, crossover. I got a great uh, we well, we got a great note from uh, Craig, uh, the Obamacare lawyer, the healthcare guru, and also a female listener of ours wrote a terrific email that I'll share with you, but. Um. Yeah, she suggests. Yeah, make it overlap dinner so you can have dinner with the family. Plus, you look forward to a nice big meal, so you don't feel cheated during the day. And that's uh, those are the words I'm chewing on because I'm not chewing on any food. <laughs> well, you're looking slimmer. You look a lot Thank slimmer. you. Yeah, yeah, you know, Ninety minutes slimmer. ago. You know what? I've already lost two grams. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so listen. A lot of attention over the w- weekend to the draft. Of the university, uh, I'm sorry, Colorado State University, uh, inclusive language guide. It was a draft that actually came out a while ago, but it came to the fore because one of your Prager University gals, uh, made a video about it. Um, and it's absolutely astounding how far this stuff is going. The desperate search for things to be offended by on other people's behalf. I mean, down to the minutiae. And the interesting part of this is that uh, Maureen Dowd, who's uh, a, a she's a, like a moderate Democrat columnist for The New York Times. Funny, snarky, smart. She wrote a piece that's getting a lot of attention in, in The New York Times, a w- way left paper. Spare me the purity racket is her headline. And uh, let's see one of the one of the uh, the key phrases is the Progressives are the modern Puritans. The Massachusetts Bay Colony is alive and well on the Potomac and Twitter. And then she relates it to the French Revolution, in which not only words were changed—you can't say this anymore; you have to say this—but they actually changed the systems, the system of months and the system of days and the week. And you had to fall in line with that. Otherwise your head would go in this direction. Your body would go in that direction. Thanks to La Guillotine. Um, and, and I can share with you some of her key paragraphs in a little bit, but cause it's some dang good writing. And she's saying, all right, look, you people are crazy and you're, you're about you. You're not about what you claim to be about, but getting back briefly to your, uh, Colorado State University speech code there were a variety of of things that uh, they didn't ban but they said to the kids and the the faculty and the staff you shouldn't use these uh, these phrases uh, and one that we've discussed long time no see which the guide says is offensive to asian students except that it's not freshmen since the term man excludes other genders handicap parking the guide says the term generalizes the population Hey, I'm a reasonably intelligent fella. I don't even know what that means. No, uh, that's just a... Hey, that... quit generalizing the population. Where do you get off generalizing? Oh, those are just words.
1: Yeah, wow. They, they, they don't mean anything.
2: And you can't use crazy, um, which implies that people experiencing mental health challenges are not normal. There's also the oft-discussed uh, part of it that they ended up not including in the final guide, but that you shouldn't use American. The term American. Because that excludes people on the continents from other countries and cultures. A Brazilian is an American, so you should use United States students. Or, Ah. I'm sorry, United States citizens.
1: Who worries about this stuff?
2: Don't even use the term America. Use United States. That
3: sort of thing. Wasn't that like a Reagan speech? One of the great things about America is that anyone can become an American
2: yeah, but, but about, what about a Venezuelan? Yeah, probably a poor example at this point, but you could become a Venezuelan if you enjoy starving. Uh, let's see. Where are some. Uh, it did recommend people avoid male and female, a Mr. and Mrs. Male and female refers to biological sex and not gender, so don't mention that somebody's a male. How
1: many people are
2: on board with this, would you guess? On a college campus it's a substantial number for the, uh, I for the would general s- population. Well, even on a college campus I would say it is a large minority. But they are so savage and they if you if you frame a debate in if you're with me you're a good person and if you're against me you're a racist and probably a rapist and a racist rapist. Um Then people are terrified to speak out against you. So it's the framing of it every bit as much as the opinion. But in the general population, oh no, it's not, not a lot. But everybody's cowed. i I'd say uh, more, but you know, I could be, I could be wrong. Oh yeah, I think there's a solid 15%, 20%. You you would have a giant swath of the country. Where there wouldn't
1: be 1% in the state. Right. Many states. But
2: you're hyperpopulated blue states. Yeah, I don't people know. People are at least terrified to say they're against it, so it's tough to get a, a sense of that. Um, anyway, the reason you don't use male and female is in terms of communications methods, we rarely need to identify or know a person's biological sex and are often referring to gender. Then, of course, they get into the 57 different pronouns you're supposed to memorize for people. Um, It also suggests that people use heterosexual instead of straight, since straight implies that anyone LGBT is crooked or not normal. Among other words and phrases that they recommend avoiding are basket case, birth defect, the blind. Um, you can't use the blind. The deaf, eye for an eye, colored, dwarf, midget, hip hip hooray, why can't you oh. say hip, hip, oh, hooray? There. Wait a second, got to switch to this other article. I mean, I'm... the
1: others ones I get in theory, even though I don't think Where in is practice... it? Here
2: it is. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm so glad. For example, the guide explains the, tem- the term hip, hip, hooray stems from... Michael, are you ready? Nazi Germany. Oh, good Lord. Nazi Germany. That's right. Hip, hip, hooray. Is a Nazi slogan, Jack. Have you ever said hip, hip, hooray? Have you? This is what I always wonder about any of this stuff. If the person
1: saying it and everyone hearing it is unaware of the origin of the song God Bless America by Kate Smith or anything like that, if nobody's aware of it, it it really is the tree falling in a forest question. Said the Nazi. (laughs) It is exactly the same thing as if a tree falls in a forest. If nobody's aware of the origin, was any harm done?
2: Says the Nazi. Nazi Germany. So so now Joe's going, Nazi says what? <laughs> <laughs> and the use of hep-hep was a rallying cry to hunt Jews. All right. Now, says this one person, who's obviously a racist himself... To suggest that everyone, everyone on campus is offended by the same words, I think is naive. If someone's offended by something, just say so. We don't need to be preemptively telling students to self-center. You know, or what, self-censor. I'm you know, sorry. You know what part of this might be is the other
1: studies we've been talking about, how college kids do so much less schoolwork and spend so much time, less time in class. Right. And then so, uh, and, and fewer of them have jobs. So you don't have a job, you don't go to class, and you don't study. You got time to stare up your own anus and think about this stuff. Right. Armstrong and Getty, you're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty, this is
0: the best of Armstrong and Getty. Let's talk about something that always makes us laugh. Spirit Airlines. Uh, on a <laughs> <laughs> on a recent
1: flight, they had a live bat flying around the cabin. <laughs> The passengers were upset, especially when they realized it got through an open window. They go, hey, wait, no, what?
0: Close the windows on the plane.
1: <laughs> That'd be wacky if they had the windows open on an
2: airplane. That's crazy. Uh, I saw the video of the bat. I would not have dug that. I am not a bat fan. I love bats. I'm fascinated by bats. I have bats who live under my uh, front uh, porch roof thingy sometimes. <laughs> uh, my only objection is that they poo. Uh, they They are not neat with their poo. Speaking of poo. Oh, speaking of poo. Wait a minute. No, this is, uh, this is before your poo. We both have a speaking of poo. How That's odd is that? Yeah. Well, everybody knows. It means, does something, it, Jack. It means yeah. something. So uh, there I am at the, uh, the major league ball field, uh, the other night. And it was a night game. I just said that. I'm an idiot. Anyway, so there I am. And it, it was a San Francisco Giants game. And uh, right there by the bay, they got a lot of seagulls, right? And so uh, it's getting toward the end of the game and the seagulls know. So they start massing. On the roof of the stadium, they're flying around over the outfield. They know as soon what as all do you these mean people they know it's they, the end of the game. They know. Hey, it's two outs. <laughs> two out, bottom of nine. No, no, no. They're down four runs. They'll never come back. No. <laughs> the Seagulls, as the evening goes on, mass more and more and more because they know when the crowd leaves, the cleanup crew can't get to all that food and trays and stuff under seats. Leftover popcorn and exactly. nacho ships. And they'll get a giant meal out of it. Wow. And it's semi-frightening. But here's the part that, that... that Oh, my God. The lights are blazing, right? And so you can see the seagulls and everything in, in stark relief against the night sky. You can also see them pooping. And the stadium lights illuminating their poop... As it falls toward the people in the stands, Ew. and or the players and umpires and the rest of it. Ew. So everybody's kind of keeping an eye on them, and then a stream would come out, and you'd see it lit by the stadium lights, and you'd be like, look out. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Get me some popcorn and seagull crap. <laughs> yeah. It's crap. Oh, boy. It's crap? It's crap. I, you know, I wasn't wearing a hat or anything. I was thinking of retreating under the, uh, the stands. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is great. Nice way for the night to end with a nice pfft of seagull dung. Now my speaking of poop. Yes. The homeless. Welcome to speaking of poop with Armstrong
1: and Getty. The homeless situation in Los Angeles. How long is this news report, Sean?
2: Uh, it's just under five
1: minutes. Ooh, that's pretty long. I watched the whole thing. We probably won't be able to air the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. We could link the video.
2: Well, we have the fabulous Gordon Chang to talk
1: about Hong Kong in just a couple of minutes. I'd love to hear it though. Uh, we can, we can play some of this. Uh, we'll link it at Armstrongandgetty.com. One of the reasons I was interested in this is I was there just a couple of weeks ago. As, uh, my son and I stayed right by Venice Beach before we went on our fishing trip in Los Angeles. And one of the reasons we went to Venice Beach is so he could watch the fabulous skateboarders do their thing. Oh, yeah. From the, from the yeah, original yeah. Dogtown. But, um, it was unbelievable. But I drove under this very overpass that they're talking about here and it's incredible and it goes something like this.
0: In the shadow of the West LA skyline, tucked under the 405 at Venice Boulevard, is a stretch of sidewalk some 40 people call home. At least once a week, the LAPD orders them out, blocks off the area, and an army of sanitation workers moves in, picking up used needles, bottles of urine and mountains of garbage. They sanitize the sidewalk and then leave. But within minutes, people are back, rebuilding their life under the 405. The sidewalk is again littered with the hazardous byproducts of life on the streets. You're living out here by choice. Oh, 100%. We met Dylan Brumley rummaging through the trash here in search of something to eat we saw him picking up a dirty needle. Were well, you going to use that needle? Yes. He says these cleanups never keep the area clean for more than a few hours. You're wasting time, money, effort. And neighbors okay, who Can live... We, can, we
1: take, can we stop that for just a second? So a couple of key points here, obviously. City uh, he spends all that time and money to clean that off. People are back within minutes. Guy they interviewed said he's
2: there by choice. How do you like that? There by choice? Oh, absolutely. Well, I've seen the stats. It's a huge percentage. No, I'm not going to the shelter. No, I don't want that program. No, I'm not going to conform to your rules.
0: Okay, a little more effort. And neighbors who live near the encampment agree. It is not a good use of our tax dollars. Roman family lives five houses from the 10th city. He says when the cops force the homeless people out during those cleanups, they move into the neighborhood, leaving behind piles of garbage, which the sanitation workers never clean up. But it just pushes the trash into our streets. Our streets are worse after these cleanups. And worse because of this too. The homeless routinely leave their encampment to urinate on the streets of the neighborhood and they defecate on the residential streets where children play when sanitation workers do their cleanups they stay inside the yellow tape ignoring piles of human waste just a few feet away well <laughs> defecating and urinating all over the streets you're aware of this yes pepe garcia of la uh, hey let's department. pause that
2: again so uh earlier when we were talking about Civilization and how fragile it is and what a miracle it is and how easily it can break down. Uh anybody need more convincing? How incredible is that? We have people slaughtering others by the dozens because they're just angry and don't know what to do with their lives. And and those of you who say, Well, read what they wrote. They were obviously an X. Listen, I, I appreciate it because I think you you're trying, but People who are angry, disaffected, unconnected, and have no purpose for their lives, they latch on a purpose. And it might be A, it might be B, or it might be C. And that's really not fundamental to solving, you know, which choice they make. is not fundamental to solving the problem. But, yeah, clearly our civilization is breaking down in a lot of ways. Imagine that. Millions of dollars.
1: Millions of taxpayer dollars. Being spent to accomplish nothing and in many ways make
2: it worse. And the near Soviet uh, workers, and no offense to them, say, yeah, they told me to clean up the poop within the, uh, the tape. That poop over there, I'm not supposed to clean up.
1: And I saw these very tent cities, the very one they're talking about right there. It's just, it's unbelievable. The, the, if you haven't seen, if you've seen like L.A. Homeless before,
2: but not the latest version, you have no idea. Well, and listen, you don't have time to go to L.A. or maybe your travel plans are elsewhere on the West Coast. Check out San Francisco. Check out Sacramento. Check out Portland. Check out Seattle. Check out San Diego. I could go on and on and on. The West Coast bum explosion. The story of our time. Well, one of them.
1: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.